Over the past three weeks, my heart has been drawn back to this matter, back to this subject, and it to me is not going to be a typical discussion today because it's not really uh, what you would come to expect from a pastor. Maybe it shouldn't be that way, but it's just not going to be typical. In my eyes, this is more of a heart-to-heart talk. This is just, just me laying out something for you, just giving you my heart. And the way I've thought about this is over the past few weeks, it just keeps coming back into my mind. And I, I'm thinking that there's something that as church leadership, we do not express enough. In fact, I don't think it's possible for us to express it enough. And that is simply thank you. Thank you for being involved in what God is doing at Mile Straight. I can't tell you how encouraging it is for us in positions of leadership to look out at anything that's going on at Mile Straight and see so many people involved. It's exciting. Now, I know when we start talking about thanks, there's so many areas we could take this. There's so many different directions we could could move. But I want you just to focus this morning on one word. Thank you so much for being involved in what God is doing through your giving. Through your giving. Now, I also understand when I use that word giving that our minds and our thoughts zone in on one particular concept, one particular thing. And so I think a very fair question to ask is, well, what do you mean by this word giving? In fact, that's your first fill-in. What do you mean when you say the word giving? What do you mean by that word? And I think it's fair because this concept is much bigger than one simple area. Certainly it involves that simple area, but it's much bigger than that. You find a place there for your fill-ins as we write these down Please take note, and if you would, even on the places where there's not a specific point for you to write in, if you would write the answers to the four questions I'm going to throw out for our consideration today. But I think it's important for us just to stop and say thank you, first of all, for giving your time. Letter A, giving your time. How important it is for me to see you involved in little things and in big things. How important it is when I mention in a service, hey, right after we need to clear the stage, getting ready for something that's coming, and after the service, not one or two, but just like a bunch of ants all over the stage, well, what can I do? What can I do? It's encouraging. This evening after the service, we'll have the 101st birthday party for an incredible part of our church family, Emma Dale Wright. And, and before hours before there'll be people here setting up and preparing things and afterwards 45 minutes or an hour there'll be people tearing down and cleaning putting tables and chairs up and it's just people who want to invest their time who see a need and they want to get involved and we can look back to our concert how literally tons of people were here through the concert making an impact in people's lives You say, well, that wasn't a big deal. We wanted to be here for the concert, but I want you to know it was a big deal. It was a huge deal that you invested time here because not only did we touch the hundreds that were here for the concert, but literally there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people that were touched through the videos, through the announcements, through the radio. We can't even begin to express how many people got a touch of what Mile Straight was 
through that simple act of reaching out to our community makes a difference. I want you to know that a couple of months or a month, let's see, August, September, a couple of months from now, when we have Operation Outreach, and we get to reach out to the homeless and needy in our community, and there'll be three, four hundred people come through, and we literally get a chance to make a difference in their life, to let them know that they have worth, that they have value, not only to us, but to God, and we get to express our love. It's so vital and it's so important for the tons of people that will be here reaching out, just investing time. And so let me say to you, those of you who have given your time back to God, let me just say thank you for that. To me as a pastor, it is so encouraging. It is such a, such a motivation for me to do more, to be, to be more involved, to be more than I have been in the past because I see you getting it. It matters. It matters. And when we think about giving, we can't stop with just time because it also involves our talent. Letter B, our talent. This is something that God has given to us. He's, he's, he's a conditioned each of us to do something very specific. He's given us desires and He's given us a, a, an ability to, to sing or to play or to engage or to teach or to instruct or whatever the case may be. God has gifted us uniquely and it is so very important that we use our gifts for God. It's the very reason some of you parents now are able to sit in here in peace. Because there are people who have talents to work with children working in the nursery in our preschool area. And they're taking care of your kids right now. So you can come in and you can just relax for a little while. And you can soak up what God is telling you. You can be involved because you don't have to worry about your children. So very important. So let me just stop and say thank you to those of you who invest your talents for God. Those of you who give back what God has given to you, thank you for that. And yes, the one that we all knew was coming, the treasure, letter C. Thank you for investing your treasure in what God is doing at Miles Drake. God is working here. It's incredible what God is doing. And because we give, because we are generous with what God has given to us and we give it back to Him, it enables us to keep the lights on. It enables us to keep the property looking nice. It enables us to pay salaries. It enables us to, to buy supplies so that we can train and equip our children and our teenagers and our young adults. And It enables us to, to, to provide means by which we can teach them in a manner in which they can understand. It provides all of this for us through our giving. And it gives us the opportunity to reach beyond our doors. Yes, it's important that we grow and we develop inside the doors, but it gives us the opportunity to reach outside the doors into the community and take part in what God is doing there and bring people to a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, to bring them to an understanding that we're not looking for what they have. We simply want to share something incredible with them. And that's done through our giving. It gives us the opportunity not only to reach into this community, but to reach around the world through our missionaries. This year, it's estimated that this church, this small church, will give in excess of a quarter million dollars to missions. 
That's incredible. That is, that's mind-blowing for a small group of people to do such a thing. But it's because we understand how important this is. How vital it is to reach people for Jesus Christ. People that we'll never see. We get the opportunity to take part in reaching through our missionaries. And aren't we blessed with incredible missionaries? Man. So let me just stop and say thank you. For giving back your finances to God. Thank you for taking part in what God is doing, not only here, but around the world. And yes, this is a big deal. Yes, this is important. And yes, this is so exciting for me as a pastor to see. It's something that encourages, encourages me every day of my life. But I want you to think for a minute. Because the truth of the matter is that while we have a good number of people who are engaged and they're giving back their time and their talents and their treasure, there are also those who probably aren't, at least not to the degree that God requires. And so I think a fair question to follow this would simply be to ask, well, what's possible if we all gave? In fact, number two on your study guide, write this in. What's possible if everyone was giving the way God desired? Giving their time, giving their talent, giving their treasure. What would be possible if we were all doing that? And I really believe what would be possible is the title of our discussion today, that we would become a next-level church family. Next level church family. Maybe that's a bad analogy. Maybe, maybe it's a really bad illustration. But I just thought of a sports team. How the coach gets in and he says, man, we've, we've done so well. We've achieved a certain level. But if we all put in just a little bit more, I think we can go to that next level. And I really believe that for our church. I really believe that if everyone was involved, if we were all active, if we were all investing time and talent and treasure, if we were so involved, we saw what God was doing, we wanted to be part of it, that the sky would be the limit as to what this church could accomplish. Truly. You just think about it with me. All of a sudden, the obstacles would be overcome. Some obstacles. We always have an enemy that's throwing obstacles in the way. But we no longer would have the obstacle. Well, we would do that, but we just don't have the people to man it. We would do that, but we just don't have the finance. We'd love to reach deeper in the community. There's more things we'd love to do, but we just don't have the ability right now to do that. All of a sudden, those obstacles would be gone. Be gone. Because instead of having 35 or 40% of the people engaged and involved, all of a sudden the entire body of Christ would be at work together. All of a sudden we'd be reaching around the world in ways we never thought possible. All of a sudden we'd be digging into our community, making inroads in ways that we never thought possible. All of a sudden we would be inspiring and motivating one another. We'd be encouraging one another because we'd been, be investing our time and our talents and our energy. All of a sudden, God would go from an area of glorification from this church to one that exceeds what we thought possible. Because everybody was involved. You see, the reality is that this is all God's work. If we claim it, and if we're the ones that's doing the work, then all of a sudden we've got something that is subpar at best. It's marred. It's flawed. 
But if we are engaging and submitting ourselves to God and we're giving back to God that which He's given to us, all of a sudden God uses people who are submitted to Him to accomplish things that we did not think possible. God does incredible work through submitted people who give back to Him. And that's what He's after from us. And so... God expects us to be givers. Time, talent, treasure. And if every one of us were involved in such a way, can you imagine what we as a church could do? Now I think a follow-up question here, number three, is also a very fair question because you may be saying, okay, well that's, that's really good and it's really exciting what could happen, but... You know, is this just man's opinion? Is this something that man's brought up in order to, to be able to say, well, look at what we're doing? Or, or, or enable, to, enable the leadership of the church to say, well, this is the reason you should be more involved. This is a man-made idea. Really, what we're asking, is this a biblical idea? What does the Bible say about this matter? Is it a biblical idea? Absolutely. I think deep inside our hearts we all know that. In fact, Paul talked about us being a body of believers. And that every part of the body had a very specific function to do. Not everybody was the feet, not everybody was the hands, not everybody the eyes. Thank goodness not everybody's the mouth. If everybody's the mouth, then I've got a, I've got a problem with my job. But everybody has their own role. Everybody has their own duty. Everybody has their own responsibilities. That we're a body working together, investing time, investing talent, investing energy, investing our treasures. The greatest example you could ever give of this is found in the person of God Almighty. It's not found in the prophets, and they're good examples, great examples, in fact. It's not found in the apostles, they're good examples, great in examples, in fact. It's not even found in the early church. They're, again, a great example, but not the greatest example. The greatest example is found in God the Father. He showed us what it meant to give. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God gave His Son. Not merely to come to this earth to be a person to walk around and live the right kind of life and show an example, but He gave His Son as a sacrifice for us. Sacrifice. The only way, God knowing the future, the only way that man could be forgiven of the rebellion we've done against God, the things we've done against God, the sin in our lives, the only way to be forgiven was that a blood sacrifice be made. But it had to be a perfect sacrifice. And the only perfect sacrifice that was found was Jesus Christ. And God in His mercy and His kindness and His love for us looked upon us and said, You know what? I'm not willing that they perish, but I want them to come to repentance. I want them to experience eternal life. And He sent His Son to die a very cruel death on the cross of Calvary. Now that is a remarkable example. 
And God said, now I want you to, to respond in kind. I want you to see my example of giving. And I want you to respond and be that kind of a giver. Is it biblical for us to give our time? Absolutely. There are a lot of verses, references listed on your sheet. I'm not going to go through all of them. You can search them out later this evening. But let me just read one about this. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. He says, pay careful attention, Paul's writing this, then to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Here we go. He's saying, make the most of your time. Use it to the greatest advantage of the church of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. Make the most of your time. Now, I want you to know something. It's important in the little things that take place. I mentioned earlier, clearing the stage, setting up, tearing down. But that's not where this thought ends. Making the most of the time. That means when we're at school, we make the most of our time. When we're at work, we make the most of the time. When we're in the community, we make the most of our time. When we're at home, we make the most of our time with our family. This is one area that I have a deep regret. And I tell you what, you can listen to this. If you're a younger parent, you can listen to this, and you don't have to carry this same regret that I carry. But one of my deepest regrets is when I was young in my marriage, young as a dad, that instead of coming home and investing my time in my wife and my daughter, I was more invested in my television. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sitting down and relaxing. But I'm telling you what, when you get a little older and you look back on it, you don't get those days back. You remember that your daughter ran in, wanted to play, you kind of pushed her away. Remember those things and they hurt. Hurt. I had an opportunity to invest and I didn't take it. It means that when we're on the ball field, whether we're playing or whether we're watching, that we make the most of our time. And let me just talk about this for a second. Because I think making the most of our time means that we behave in a manner in which God created us to behave. Now, if you've been around the ball field very long, you know I, and I was playing or I was watching, I'm a very competitive person. And I can act the fool as much as anybody. I can be the biggest ignorant person you've ever seen in your life if I'm not really careful. Getting older helps that a little bit. You don't have the energy to be that big of a fool anymore. But, uh, I've had umpires and referees tell me that they hate refing and umpiring a game between churches. Because they act in a way that is not very glorifying to God. And I'm so afraid that people who have heard that we're Christians see us on the ball field screaming and yelling and wonder, really? Really? I'm not saying we don't get into the ball game, but you know, there is a place where we cross the line. And you know what I'm talking about, probably. 
where all of a sudden it's no longer just competitive fun. We're no longer just cheering on our team, but now we're screaming things we should not be screaming at those who are trying to umpire the game and the other players and the other coaches and the other, the other fans. And I know this all too well because I've done every bit of it. But God says, I want you to make the most of your time. Yeah, it's okay to go and relax. It's okay to go and have fun. But understand there's a purpose in everything we do as Christians. So make the most of your time. But it doesn't just stop in acting like a Christian while at the ball field or at school or at work or in the community or in the family. We spend time with each other making the most of our time. We invest in other people. And how do we do that at the ball field? People don't want you pointing a finger at them, condemning them. We don't believe in that kind of stuff here anyway. We speak the truth, but we speak it in love. But one of the best ways to be engaged with people is just simply to say, i got to tell you what God did for me this week. I know you, you, you may or may not believe in God, but that really doesn't matter. I just got to share it with somebody. Let me tell you something. Man, we had such a problem in our relationship, or we had such a problem in our finances. I had such an issue in my health or, or the life of my child or something was going on. And you won't believe how God got involved when I asked him. I just simply prayed. And, and God, who loves me so much, did some incredible things to bring about a resolution to this problem. You know what? Some people will walk away. Some people will be turned off by that. But other people are going to have their ears open because they've got problems in their lives right now. And you're speaking to that problem. And all of a sudden, the time that you're at the ball field has become time that has been wisely used for God. God wants us to invest it wisely. He wants us to invest our time. Is it a biblical model? Absolutely it is. Is it a biblical model that we invest our talents for God? Absolutely. Let me read a verse to you. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. Let me single this one out of the group. Peter says, Based on the gift each one has received, use it to serve others as good managers of the very grace of God. Use the gifts that God has given to you to serve others. God is calling us to invest our talents in others. To invest them for the kingdom of God and the church of Christ to make a difference in the lives of people. You know, as I told you, the, the analogy of the body that Paul gave, that everyone has a certain place, that they have a role, responsibility. Everyone has unique giftings that they use. When you're not using your gifting, guess what happens? It paralyzes that part of the body. Paralyzed. So then instead of having the ability to function as a full body, part of the body is paralyzed and we're dragging that part around. Now regardless of how many things God is doing through our church, if part of the body is paralyzed, then all of a sudden we don't function to the degree that God wants us to function. And so God calls us all to invest our talents, to use them to serve others, use them for His honor and for His glory. That's why we're able to enter into the heart of worship every Sunday morning because there's people in our music group that's investing their talents for God. 
Because there's people in the sound booth and the tech booth that are using their talents for God. That are investing their talents so that everything runs smoothly. So that we can just focus on God and we can worship Him the way He deserves to be worshipped. Is it a biblical thing that we use our talents for God? Absolutely. Is it a biblical thing that we use our treasures for God? Absolutely. In fact, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house, and test me now, put me to the test, try it out, and see, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Watch and see. Jesus kind of summarized the three in one of his teachings as he was teaching the disciples and others who were listening. Jesus, in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, talked about this. And he showed us that investing our time, our talent, our treasure was all vital. He said, when the Son of Man comes, when he comes back in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from the other as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Your time, your talent, your treasures are being invested here. Then the righteous will answer to him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these my brothers or sisters, you did that for me, for me, for God himself. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they will also answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me either. Then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Jesus was laying out for us the thought of a lifestyle. For the true child of God, it is a person who invests his time, his talent, and his treasures. For the person who claims to be a child of God but is not, it's one that you find, you know what, there's really no investment. There's no ownership here. God is calling us. It is biblically mandated that we be people who invest in the kingdom of God and the church of Jesus Christ. So then here's where I want us to bring to, to wrap things up, our final question. Well, how do I get involved? Okay, this is a big deal. 
Christ mandates it. I see how it can affect our community, how it can affect our world. What do I have to do to be involved? Question number four. Well, let's just walk through it. Letter A. Invest your time. Invest your time. Look for ways to be involved here at church. And look for ways to be involved outside of church. Look for ways just to tell people about your wonderful God. Look for ways to tell people about the peace you enjoy and the, the satisfaction in life that you couldn't find before. Look for ways to invest wisely your time. Letter B. Use your abilities for God. Use your abilities wisely. I want you to think about it. And I wish you'd just write a little note out beside letter B. Because here's the thing I want you to focus on right now. What do you love doing? What are you passionate about? What are you good at doing? What is that thing? What comes to mind right now when I ask you, what do you love to do? Would you write that on your piece of paper? Did you know that God has uniquely gifted you in that way? To use that for the kingdom of God and the church of Jesus Christ. God has uniquely gifted you. He's given you a passion. Did you know that we don't want everyone in the church involved in everything? Because if you're involved in everything, you do not have time to spend with your family, invest your time in them. You do not have time to spend your, your days out in the community, investing in the community. You don't have time for that. But what we want you to do is find one or two things that really thrills your heart. Something with which you can be passionate, that you can have a joy in doing. And we want you to sink your time into it right there and do it with excellence. That's what we're looking for. So what is it? Do you love working with children? you love working with teenagers, with young adults? What is your passion Number three, or letter C on your handout, is just to simply be generous with what God's given to you. Be generous with what God's given to you. There must be a disclaimer given. I don't work on commission. <laughs> but what I know is that when I give, God blesses. God blesses me, my wife. God blesses our church. God blesses our community. God blesses our missionaries. And God uses my little gift to make a difference in the world. So how do I get involved? Well, I think the time issue and the treasure issue is something that you just need to pray and say, God, would you make me aware of the opportunities? Would you make me aware of the opportunities to invest my time, to be generous with my resources? But the talent thing is one that I want to help you with this morning. What I'm going to do is introduce to you some key people in our church. And these are actually our staff members. These staff members have particular things that they're over in our church. That they are in control of as far as appointing people and helping people get involved and get established. There are a lot of people under them that have leadership positions and, and they will most likely direct you to somebody like that, help you get to meet them and know what to do from there. 
But what I want to do is introduce you to our staff, and I want to share with you what these staff members are over, what their responsibilities are. And then we're going to come to a time of invitation where I'm going to invite you, if you're not as involved as you should be, now we're talking about giving our talent. If you're not as involved as you should be, as God wants you to, as the Bible mandates you to be, I want you to come and just find the person that is in the charge of the area where your passion lies and say, you know what, you're not going to remember this, but I want you to know that I'm going to be involved and I want you to start looking for a place for me. Then what I want you to do is I want you to keep this very short and concise. You just come up, you make the statement, I want to be involved, my name is so-and-so. Then you go back to your seat, you take your connection card out, and at the top of your connection card you write uh, senior adults or, or uh, uh, student ministry or young adults or youth or children or whatever the case may be. And if you don't see the area that you're passionate about, you wrote down something and it just doesn't fit into one of these categories, I'm going to be down front and I want you to come and tell me that. So then on your connection card, you just write pastor at top. And what we'll do this week, we'll get in touch with you and we'll start lining up places for you to be involved. We'll make it an easy entrance for you to where you're not stuck out like a sore thumb. I know for some people that's difficult. Others, you love that type of thing. But we're not going to do that to you either way. But we'll make it an easy transition for you to get involved so that we become as a church that next level church family that God wants us to be. Thank you.